Hello again everyone and welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vibbert and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hey there! This podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry and a main topic discussing whether a TV series, a film, or something else. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it is animated, it is up for discussion to geek out about with us. So this week our main topic is going to be DreamWorks The Bad Guys. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode. But Stanford, we got there's a lot of a lot of news in the, the past couple weeks since the last time we talked about the Oscars. So I'll start and then Stanford will take the next story after that and we'll kind of go back and forth like that a little bit. So the, the first thing we're going to talk about was, we both know sadly that uh, with the acquisition of Fox by Disney, uh, because Fox owned uh, Blue Sky Animation Studio, that ended up becoming more or less a casualty of the acquisition. So Blue Sky, uh, they did the Ice Age films, they did Epic, uh, they, well, they did they that did. great Peanuts movie. Oh yeah, they did the yeah the Peanuts movie. Yeah, they they did a lot of good movies. It wasn't just Ice Age. I mean, that was mostly what they did was Ice yeah, Age. Yeah, that was the most popular. I I would dare to say, don't you think? Yeah, and that was definitely. A, I want to say that was the first one too that they did. I think you're right. Yeah, but to go from that, what happened was they a group of a small group of animators from Blue Sky uh, got together and they animated basically a proper closure and ending for Scrat the Squirrel, uh, the main kind of like side character that you'd kind of see in tangential uh, like segments of the Ice Age movies that would almost kind of be like your transition between from scene to scene when you go with the main trio of those films. He was always kind of, you know, uh, like humor, uh, like relief for the film, although a lot of the film was like that. But anyways, in the, the final days of Blue Sky Studios, a small team of artists came together to do one final shot, and they said it was posted on uh, YouTube. It was unlisted. It's just titled The End, and it's under the account Finale, which that account now has like 2.62 thousand subscribers to it. <laughs> and... This video has about uh, almost 1.7 million views to it already as well. Wow. Since being posted about... When was that posted? How many days ago? Yeah, yeah, almost two weeks ago, yeah. April 13th. Yeah. Uh, but the shot is a farewell and a send-off on, on their own terms for the character of Scrat. And basically what happens in it is that Scrat this entire time, throughout all the movies, all of the shorts, was always trying to get that that acorn that he wanted to eat and in in the short spoiler alert he finally gets it he finally eats it and then then he walks off <laughs> and that's the end <laughs> so it's a nice little it's a it's a cool thing and it, i mean it looks like the same animation yeah that you've seen in any of the ice age films you could really if you wanted to you could edit it to like the end of whatever the last feature film they did for Ice Age was and there you go there's there's your your end to the story with Scrat. What did, what did you think about that? You know, I just I think I was I was happy 
that the those animators could end it on their terms. Yeah, yeah and so uh, good for them, you know, and yeah. and just put it out on YouTube, you know, some random YouTube channel, and uh, you know, good 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 for them. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I I know that there's actually new scratch shorts on Disney Plus now too. <laughs> So where he has like a like a kid. Yeah, I haven't so, watched any of those. Yeah, I've just seen uh, like a few clips from that where like they're like fishing and stuff. But I, I like this, and so that like you, it's basically like your choose your own adventure for Scrat now. Uh, so whether you want it to be this or whatever it may be, so I just think it's cool that they got to do that, and I think it's cool that they got to finish it out on their own terms a little bit. Uh, but going from there to something else, yeah, version of what may be. You know, it's always so interesting when when it's not so much that it's a leak, but when information comes out about different ways the stories could have gone with films that we know and love, right? So uh, yeah. recently, uh, Business Insider India uh, posted a story that uh, about some uh, st- stuff that was being toyed around with for Turning Red, that latest film from Pixar that's now streaming on Disney+. Plus. So, as we know, Turning Red is, as in its finished version, is mostly focused on uh, Mei Mei, right? The 13-year-old girl who turns into a giant panda. Uh, in, this, in this story, they talk about how uh, one... one one router idea that they were pursuing, they meaning Pixar, was that May uh, had a male cousin named Leo, and uh, instead of this, instead of the story being necessarily kind of this mother daughter thing going on through the generations, Leo and May both got panda power. <laughs> you know, they both, uh, uh, both uh, turned into pa- into pa- into pan- giant pandas. Uh, so, you know, as the story says, Leo was May's cousin who kind of shows up in her life out of the blue and stirs up her world. Uh, so again, this is very much a deleted, deleted scene as to why Leo didn't make it into the final film. Uh, Domi Shi, who's the director of the film, says it was less about this female curse that was passed down from mother to daughter and more about how these two kids were just randomly chosen by the gods in this particular family to turn into magical red panda creatures and save their broken family. So, uh, anyway, it, you know, always kind of fun to see. It's, I'm always just amazed at how many different iterations these stories go through. And yeah. this is just, you know, just one of them. So, pretty cool. Yeah, especially with, with Pixar films, like, there, there's been talk, like, where they've talked about the development of some of their movies where what the movie looks like five years prior to its release oh, yeah. is completely so different. different for what you actually see on the screen when you when you watch it yeah. when it's released to the world. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad they made that change because that way it, it's more focused of a through line to, to Mei Ling and her mom. Yeah, it's a better... It's, it's Cause that, yeah, a better idea, for sure. Because that feels like that would have split the focus too much to one or the one or the other characters. Yeah. And not made it not as uh, powerful as it ended up being, right? And and like as strong of a story as it ended up being, right? That almost feels like that was like a like a studio note originally. Like we're like, oh, add this character so that it appeals <laughs> to both boys, boys and, and girls. girls. 
But I'm glad, like I said, yeah, that they went with what they did. Yeah. But segueing from one Pixar story to another, uh, we're going to be talking about Lightyear a little bit more later in the episode as well. But uh, something that's pretty cool that they did for the new film is that they actually created a virtual IMAX camera for the movie. So, um, what, let's see, I want to make sure I'm quoting the right person. So, uh, Jane Yen, uh, the Lightyear visuals effects supervisor, revealed during a recent press conference uh, that they created a virtual IMAX camera with a 1.43 aspect ratio and developed a pipeline to allow it to simultaneously shoot the film for IMAX and then crop down for the standard 2.39 by 1 format. So that's that's pretty cool because and she said I think this is the first I think this is the first that has been made for IMAX in this way. There's about a third of the film that was shot for IMAX and the easy answer is that we have a set of lenses and when I say lenses I mean CG made Lasky told us. It's all just code, right? A set of lenses that recreate the look of an anamorphic lens. Just a typical widescreen, you'll notice things out of focus in the background instead of being round are like stretched a little bit. There's like that blue lens flare that you see, it's anamorphic lenses, where the way the shoot widescreen in the 60s, 70s, and later got phased out a little bit, but they still used it today. But those effects call to a period of sci-fi that we were looking at, which is why those same lenses or versions of those lenses were used on Wally. So it's it's really cool. Uh, we'll talk about it a little more when we talk about the trailer, but Lightyear definitely has kind of a, a late '70s, early '80s sci-fi oh, movie feel to yeah. it. And I'm really, I'm really excited about the fact that they did this virtual IMAX Me too. camera for it, and they like virtually rendered the film in IMAX. That makes me. I wasn't. Sometimes I'll go see the Pixar movies and Disney movies in IMAX anyways, just because I want to see that animation on the largest screen I could possibly can see it on. Yes. Uh, but the fact that now that this one was actually formatted and quote-unquote shot in IMAX oh. as a first, that, There's like no that's question. exciting for what they'll do for <laughs> future Pixar movies, maybe future Walt Disney Animation Studio films. Yeah. So I think this is really exciting, and that's really cool. That It's like another groundbreaking technological thing that Pixar is doing. So I think that's really cool. I'm excited about it too, Mark. I think it's, uh, you know, again, the magicians of Pixar. Yeah. They're doing awesome work. Can't wait, can't wait to see the movie. Uh, next up, Mark, is some, some Star Wars. we got a couple some Star Wars stuff. Um, the, More Disney Umbrella. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this is not confirmed by Lucasfilm, but... Uh, the, uh, Jordan uh, Maison, if I'm saying his name correctly on the Cinelinks website, is saying that uh, there is going to be a Star Wars Visions uh, season two, and yeah. and uh, probably coming out. This, so this is in the works, uh, and that it's set, you know he's reporting that it's set to arrive this year. Again, nothing is confirmed from Lucasfilm yet. My guess, Mark, is that. Star Wars Visions Season 2 will definitely be announced at, and soon, yeah, and most likely at Star Wars Celebration, which is coming up, the, I think, I believe it's the end of May. Uh, yeah. You know, probably. Like around the time, around the time Obi-Wan. Around Obi-Wan, yeah, that, that same week that Obi-Wan is, is, is going to be released. So, 
I love Star Wars Visions, and I, you know, it's like yes, please, you know, it's just like yeah, yeah. Um, it, this 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 story doesn't seem particularly far fetched to me. I, 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 you know, this author is saying that his independent sources have told him this, so you know, for what it's worth. But I'll be anxious to get yeah. an official official word from Lucasfilm, and uh, hopefully we'll have some Star Wars Visions. You know, maybe this fall. That would be, I guess, kind of my dream within a dream. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd want Fingers some. Crossed. I, I want some like now. You know, what I mean, yeah. <laughs> I thought they were so cool. Yeah. What did you think of Star Wars Visions? I yeah, I enjoyed it. Me and our our buddy Vector, uh, we talked. We did like a whole episode on on the Hold'em Maneuver podcast. Oh, nice! Like, yeah, the Star Wars podcast I do like about Visions, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed that first season a lot. He and I talked about. Uh, this little bit on on Holdo as well, uh, where we kind of have like what we would want to see from that season two, and I was assuming just because of how long animation takes to do, whether it's even shorts like this or longer stuff, that that season two was probably already either in the pipeline or done before season one uh, was released to Disney Plus earlier last year. Yeah. And and then they're just been waiting to release the second season. So I'm curious to see if we'll see any continuations of any of those stories from that first season. Because I know it's an anthology series, but sometimes they'll do like a continuation of some of right. those. Or if they didn't know like how any of them uh, would have been received. So it's all just completely brand new stuff. Either way, I'm happy with that because it's either all new stuff or it's some continuations sure. of some of the stories yeah. we liked the most from that first season. Yeah, so. I'm... It's like yes, and, please. and either way, it's more Star Wars, so I'm excited all around. And I just, I just admire so much this particular project because it was so creative. I think they, from what I had read, Mark, they had just let these, you know, anime Japanese anime studios just kind of do what they wanted. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they were yeah. telling them to follow a particular storyline or you know, be within a particular time frame or whatever within the Star Wars universe. And uh, the creativity just really shines. It's it's just, it's it's really cool storytelling and, 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 and very unique. I thought, I like, I like, I'm very, yes. You know, as I've already said, you know, too many times now. Yes, yeah. please. You know, let's bring it, bring it on. <laughs> right. And then kind of segueing from animated Star Wars to different Star Wars news, kind of related to animation is that uh, Hayden Christensen, like we were talking about, Obi-Wan, is going to be in the yeah. Obi-Wan show. Playing Anakin slash Darth Vader. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm still curious, because they specifically got Hayden to come back. I'm assuming there's going to be Clone Wars flashbacks or some kind of shot scenes where, like, we see Vader without the mask on or something. Yeah. Otherwise, it seems interesting that they would bring him back for him to be under the suit the entire time. Yeah. But he and uh, Ewan McGregor both did uh, kind of their own preparation to get kind of into the the right mindset for the Obi-Wan series. And McGregor went back and he watched all nine of the Skywalker Saga, Skywalker saga films uh, from episode one to episode nine. And I guess that was the first time he had watched the prequel since he had. Yeah, which I thought was so, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then he read some uh, some sci-fi novels as well. But I know for us, what we think is really cool 
and uh, really awesome, in fact, is that uh, Hayden Christensen, he also watched all nine of those, but he also uh, dug in to the animated series The Clone Wars and Rebels. And what he said was it was interesting uh, binging Clone Wars and the Rebels. They did a lot with these characters in those shows, and they did further explore their relationship. There was interesting stuff there to learn about. It was great fun getting to go back and reimmerse yourself in this world that just continues to grow and become more and more vast. So I think that's cool that, you know, he he's basically validating that the animated shows are a valid art form, like they should be seen as. For everybody else that skips over the animated Star Wars shows and sees them as less than compared to whether it's the you know the live action movies or the live action TV series, I would say that the Clone Wars animated series and Star Wars Rebels. Now it's not to disparage the Book of Boba Fett at all, but I enjoyed the Clone Wars series and Star Wars Rebels more than I enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. I still enjoyed Book of Boba Fett, yeah. but I enjoyed those two series more than I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because I, uh, as as far as characters go, like Obi-Wan and Anakin more as characters and like that camaraderie between them, and I also like Ahsoka a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I was never like a huge fan of, of Boba Fett. I, I never really saw... I mean, yeah, he's got cool armor, but like outside of... I never really saw what the appeal was to him that, like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Boba Fett's awesome. He's the best Star Wars character. But, anyways, that's me going on a, a Star Wars tangent. But I, I just think it's really cool that Hayden Christensen went back and watched the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And he kind of got to see some of Matt Lanter's work doing uh, basically his own version of Hayden's work yeah. in the live action movies. So it's almost, it was almost like a. Uh, uh, space slug eating its own tail. <laughs> well, good for Hayden doing his homework. You know, I mean, he's just he's because yeah. there's there's so much Star Wars content. It can only help him, I think, to inform you know what what they've been doing with you know his character and 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 and, and the, the stories. So, so I, sure. I'm sure excited for Obi Wan. That's. Uh, probably the Star Wars thing I'm most excited about for this year. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. So stoked. Okay, so next up, Mark, is we got some some Spider-Man news. So Sony Animation's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is a two-part film that's been announced. And, uh, you know, it originally was announced that it was going to, the, 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 this part one of this new, uh, you know, two-part film was supposed to be coming out October 7th of this year. In fact, you know, I was just at the yeah. movies today and they showed the trailer that said October 7th, 2022. Oh, yeah, they showed that when I um, saw the bad guys yesterday, too. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is moving now to June 2nd, 2023. And then it's part two sequel is now dated for March 29th, 2024. Sony made some additional adjustments to their, you know, release schedule for for other um, other features that they've got, but that's yeah. that's the big one and I think the one that we're, we're all kind of bummed because again, yeah. this movie can't, can't come out fast enough either. But now we, um, got, now we got to stay alive until I know we got to keep keep 
the world going until 2024. Yeah. <laughs> it's incentive, right? Uh, the, uh, I guess, uh, I, they didn't really say why, you know. I always wonder if they just, yeah. you know, they just need more time. But maybe there's other stuff going on with, with the schedule and the, maybe, release, the and release date and whatnot. I almost wonder with, like, how, quote-unquote, well... Morbius is doing in theaters, yeah. i.e. not not very. Yeah. Uh, that they're like, oh, okay, let's kind of move break. some stuff around. Yeah. To make to make that more of like a summer release movie rather than a fall release movie. Well, it sure feels more like a summer movie to me. But yeah. Uh, but then again, I think they could release this movie anytime and it would be, go huge. You know, just because yeah. everybody loves Spider Man so much, and and then plus. Uh, the Into the Spider Verse film that Sony Animation was just so remarkable, and yeah. and yeah, I'm gonna be mad if they released a, a Spider Man movie in January for my birthday. Now hey, I know that's usually where, where movies go to die. The Mark. <laughs> yeah. I know that's usually where movies go to die is January, but uh, it'd be nice if if a good movie came out in January oh, every once in a while. Sure. I mean. Usually the the Oscar uh, bait films will usually get like the wide releases in January, but it's not the same. But anyways, uh, going from going from there, we're st- we're st- and we're going back into the Disney umbrella again because the Simpsons are now owned by Disney. With so Bart is going to be uh, getting a new teacher uh, with nearly after a decade of the retired character of Miss Crabapple in the wake of. Uh, Marsha Wallace's death yeah. in 2013. Uh, the long-running animated Fox comedy has officially found a permanent replacement voiced by none other than Carrie Washington. Uh, and she's going to be playing Bart's new teacher. So what's pretty interesting about this is... Now, what's funny is, like, Bart's still in the same grade, right? <laughs> like, yeah, so... Yeah, it's interesting to see how they write her in, you know. Yeah. Now, like I kind of fell off like the Simpsons watch, like watching like a while ago. Have you been keeping up with no, the Simpsons no, at all? I haven't. Uh, you know, and I don't dislike the Simpsons. It's just, it's just not my show. And uh, yeah, and and, and then there's such a long so many episodes. You know. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I think the show's as old as I am, or maybe a little bit older. Like it came out or started the same year. Yeah, that I, mean, I was born. Mark, it's just it's it's amazing. You know, isn't it the longest running? Yeah. TV show, you know, in production. You know, the guy that got the record. But anyway. But what, yeah, what's kind of cool is that she tweeted uh, back in uh, June of 2020. She said, "Dear animators looking for black voices, I'm available." So it seems like just with like how long like the animated episodes take to produce, that I'm assuming the people, uh, the producers of The Simpsons, got in touch with her pretty quickly thereafter and uh, started this in motion back then, almost two years ago. So it's pretty cool, and I. I think that's cool that they're they're adding her in as as his teacher. I might check it out. I think like the last one I watched was uh, one of like the Halloween uh, Treehouse of Horror episodes. Yeah. Where 
I don't, or maybe it wasn't that. But I, they did like an episode that was like a homage to Boyhood, or it's called Barthood. I remember really enjoying that episode. Uh, but that, I think that was the last episode of The Simpsons I watched recently, outside of the shorts that they've been fans Yeah, I can't remember the last episode that I've watched. But, I mean, the thing is, I always laugh. I mean, I think that they're, yeah. they're I mean, they wouldn't be making shows if people weren't, you know, watching them and enjoying them, I think. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, good for them. Yeah, and, and then our last story. Yeah, last story. So, speak, you know, kind of bringing it full circle with, with Blue Sky Animation. So when Blue Sky Studios got closed down by Disney, I think a lot, again, I wonder how many other films they had in production. Um, one of them that got plenty of publicity was a, an, a was an announced project called Nimona that, um, you know, it's a. It's. Ba- are you familiar with the source material, Mark? Have you? Are, I. I haven't ever read this graphic novel that it's. I haven't read it either. It's based um, on. Uh, it's based our friend, on. Oh, go yeah, ahead. I was say our friend Vector probably has just because he's a huge uh, comic book expert, but I have not read this graphic uh, novel. Andy Stevenson is is a. Uh, I think the the guy who's responsible for this. You know, done this graphic novel. But anyway, anyway. Nimoma is is a sci-fi story that definitely has some LGBTQ uh, themes in it, and yeah. it got scrapped by Disney, and I think Disney got a lot of bad press <laughs> for it. Uh, but uh, Netflix, which it seems to me, Mark, that any animation project now is ending up at Netflix. I mean, yeah. it kind of blows my mind. How much the Netflix is doing and how much how much money they're throwing into their their animation it's amazing but uh, uh, Netflix has has, has uh, resurrected the project and so um, it's 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 going on there and it I believe is scheduled is it for a 2023 release is that what um, the, yeah that's what it looks like yeah and then it's got uh, Claire Grace Moretz as the the main character, and then Riz Ahmed, yeah, who you who you may remember from uh, uh, Rogue One, yeah, among, among other things. Uh, but it, yeah, it looks really cool. The animation style looks pretty interesting. Uh, looks kind of like cel uh, shaded CG, uh, almost similar. In, like we said, Blue Sky. But it's it's similar in style to like that um, production design that they did for Epic. Yes, but. But more in like a cell shaded, not hand drawn, not CG, but somewhere in between kind of look to it. Yeah, uh, it looks pretty reminiscent from from what I've seen of the the cover of the graphic novel. It looks pretty uh, true to that as well. So it should be interesting to to see that as well. And like like you were saying, uh, with a lot of animated. Uh, things it seems like a lot of the times with the like smaller studios like the more indie studios like like uh i guess not indie studios but like maybe the studios that don't make as much money with their films as when they get released as like say disney or pixar or dreamworks uh it seems like apple uh, tv plus or netflix has kind of been picking those up as uh, a distributor 
because uh, like you know Netflix had Ardman's Red Robin short, and then uh, Apple TV Plus had the Cartoon Saloon uh, Wolf Walkers sh short on there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see like if the next like like a film ended up getting distributed either by like Apple TV Plus. Yeah. I know it's supposed to go to theaters, but I know that stuff's always kind of in flux as well. But it should be interesting. Uh, but segueing out of uh, the news and into our trailer segment, speaking of kind of like a like a niche uh, indie kind of studio, yeah. what's kind of cool is that like when you think of A24, uh, you kind of think of like Midsommar and uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah. You don't necessarily think of like a... Yeah, like an animated film. No, not even. Um, uh, yeah, it's just I, I, I just think of kind of more art slash yeah. indie films. Uh, and th so this is like a yeah, and then like this movie. So Marcel the Shell Shoes on is another movie for the people that say animation is only for kids uh, because when you watch this, it's done in a style of so it's it's live action mixed with uh stop motion, stop motion looking yeah animation and they must have been working on this for a while because there's like clips in here of like conan still doing his show on yeah TBS exactly at one point so i mean and obviously we know how long it takes for to make stop motion films so it's cool it's like done as like a documentary and i i just think it's really cool it reminds me of um i can't remember the names of them but those you, you know like those shorts that Ardman used to do uh where where it was like the animals like talking like doing the interviews oh uh-huh it yeah it has it somewhat a very reminds similar me of, sensibility yeah. doesn't it to to uh yeah somewhat reminds me of that but it looks very interesting and like it, it would be like a it looks like a heartfelt it looks like an A24 movie <laughs> but in this case it's animated 24 so but what what did you think of this trailer when you watched it? Well, just exactly what you said, you know, and and uh, I mean, I'm really intrigued by it. It looks like it premiered at the Telluride Film Festival last fall, and yeah. uh, you know, it's one of those that hopefully will play like at your local art house theater kind of thing. Uh, and then, as you said, I bet it's going to go on to streaming <laughs> somewhere. I'm not sure exactly what kind of deal A24 is. But but yeah. I, you know I'm interested in seeing it. I I also think, you know, we're all from, I'm familiar with Jenny Slate. She uh, she's uh, been part of the team. It's directed by Dean Fleischer Camp. Uh, and uh, anyway, and I think it's based on children's books, or maybe maybe they're all together. That's the one thing that I yeah. I'm not quite sure how all the all of the products <laughs> come together uh right but anyway looks interesting to me definitely I'll, I'll definitely check it out yeah yeah for sure next from next up is one that's definitely not interesting to me other than the voice cast looks great i'll be <laughs> interested to talk with you about it mark it's pause of fury the legend of hank and they showed this in the you know the movies again today and i love the voice i love uh, the cast. I mean, they had me at Samuel L. Jackson, you know. It yeah. looks to me, it's like Kung Fu Panda, but with a dog. 
kind yeah. of. You know, I mean, it's a martial arts animated film. And again, this one, I think, Mark, and I don't wish to be a jerk, it does look like it's made for younger children. Uh, maybe that's part of the reason why I just kept groaning because it's just like, this does not look like my um, my kind of, 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 of movie. But anyway, you know, I'm sorry. But uh, it, uh, oh, no but it's got, yeah, I mean, it's been the voice cast straight Michael Sarah. That it looks like it, so it was originally called Blazing Samurai because it's apparently a loose adaptation of Blazing Saddles. Now, and if you watch the, the trailer, you can, uh, you, you see that That's actually Mel loose. Brooks actually does the voice <laughs> of one of the characters in this too. Well, Mel Brooks! And now, Mel Brooks so, is in the, yeah, he's in the yeah. cast. And some of the animation in this looks really cool. Like, I like, like, the idea of, like, like this, like, hard lighting and uh, just kind of, like, the visual style they're going for. It almost looks like a mix of, like, a a film noir with like mixed with like a graphic novel like coloring wise but then like in other shots it looks like just very standard animation yeah I, but i like those more stylistic choices that they do in some of those and then what was what i thought was kind of interesting is like in this trailer and then the minions the rise of grew trailer and i think one other trailer and then uh, we'll talk about it with the bad guys too but this trailer has a fart joke in it. Yeah. The Minions trailer has a fart joke yeah. in it. Yeah, and then... The, and then, spoiler alert, the bad, the bad guys, guys has, has like a, a, like a this, running a fart running joke. A running fart joke. And... I was like, this seems like the lowest see, like kind of joke that they do yeah. to like aim towards kids. To be like, oh, farts. Farts are funny. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it was for me. As soon as but, the fart joke showed up, I just thought, dang it. Yeah. You know? Like, they're, they're funny in the correct way. And not overused yeah like i i think uh keep i hate to kind of keep like uh teasing it but in, i think in the in the bad guys it was done in the right way where it yeah the fart joke like, without getting it actually yeah. i think works the, the recurring fart joke works because it's also part of the plot yeah i mean yeah. Or, or it moves the story forward right yeah, yeah, and they even worked a way into this Pause of Fury trailer to have Samuel Jackson say, "Mother, Father, Cocker Spaniel." So I was like, "Oh, you worked in uh, a mother effer joke <laughs> into a PG rated yeah. movie for kids." I kind of commend that in a way with the way that they they did that. Yeah, but I, and then Ricky Gervais is in it too. I'm a big fan of Ricky Gervais. So, if anything, I'm excited about the cast. Yeah, for this, I say the cast. Has has me very interested, but the 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 fart jokes and that if unless the, unless they were just really showing us kind of like not great parts of the movie, it just didn't yeah. look that great to me. Yeah, and it looked and it was the it's the same uh, animation studio that did the film Rock Dog. Yeah, that Jeremy Renner was in as well, which yeah. I didn't see that, so I, I can't. I didn't. Speak I to didn't that see movie. it either. But uh, to go from that to the next thing is the season five teaser for uh, Jurassic World Camp Crustaceous. Now, with this, my son and I, we unintentionally binge watched the first season of this show. And there are about eight episodes per season, I think. And we just kind of, I didn't realize how far behind we got in this because 
they're already in season five for this and it's um canon wise or story wise it's actually set within the the actual film storyline it's and it's considered canon to it so the that first season uh, takes place kind of concurrently with the events of jurassic world so these kids, uh, they were chosen to go to this camp, uh, like it's like a STEM kind of camp within uh, Jurassic World to learn different things about dinosaurs and whatnot there. And they're there during all of what goes down during Jurassic World. Uh, so they're kind of left behind in the park there in that first season. Uh, I haven't caught up with seasons two through uh, four leading up to this fifth season, but this fifth season's the final season, and it arrives... Uh, around July 21st, uh, just shortly after uh, Jurassic World uh, Dominion is released in theaters in June. So I'm assuming it'll probably tie in. Maybe have some tie-ins. Yeah, to what we've seen there. And it seemed like, if you were to watch these trailers to the show, it would it would seem like it's aimed at kids, like younger kids. But after watching that first season with, my son and he's not like that young anymore he's like 16 now but we we actually enjoyed that first season a lot and it's actually pretty dark considering what happens in it like there's actually like the same kind of stuff you'd see in the pg-13 movies the dinosaurs to what they do to what they do to the people <laughs> different human uh, uh snacks yeah and yeah. there happens happens in this show too so they don't like steer away from it just because it's an animated series so I need to catch up on the seasons two through four of this because they're like 20 minute episodes. I think that's why it was so easy to binge watch the first season because it's like 20 minute episodes. There are eight episodes a season. So basically you finish the season and like it's like a the same length of one of the movies. It's like two and a half hours or so if you watch them all. Oh, okay. Back to back to back to back. So Yeah. But I, I have a confession that I didn't watch all this trailer because I don't want to spoil myself for it yeah. since I didn't. And but it, I did want to report on it because I think people should check out the show. Yeah, well, I, know I appreciate uh, what you're saying, Mark, because I it it had really little meaning to me because I haven't watched any of the seasons of it. So anyway, uh, but I a good cool for them to, that oh, they're sorry. a season final place after you. Yeah, I was just going to say a cool thing to note though is that Nedry's Barbasol uh, canister does show back up in this season it looks like that's the only <laughs> thing i was spoiled on that happens in this trailer so, so awesome. it's cool that that's canon wise back into the story and see what can happen from there oh but yeah I, I would definitely recommend the show if you like the jurassic series at all cool and it yeah. should be a good year for jurassic park stuff then right just with uh you know jurassic world dominion coming out here on june 10th that's gonna be here before yeah. we know it and and then this... I've heard that's uh, Jurassic Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, next up is is for me this is kind of a surprise, Mark. I didn't think we would get another trailer for Lightyear, but we did, and yeah. it had some some new stuff. Uh, I think the big reveal was that it was going to be an IMAX, and then we of course we learned about this. Uh, cool IMAX technology that you talked about earlier in the news. Yeah. But uh, I'm just really excited for this movie. I, I can't... 
the animation for this movie, Mark. It, I mean, it, it looks so real. It's such it's such an interesting look. I, I uh, anyway, I'm 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 stoked. You know, June seventeenth yeah. can't get here soon enough. Um, what's your take? What did, what did you think of it? I liked this trailer a lot. I thought it was cool. I think it's kind of interesting. Some of the stuff they uh, give away about the story in the trailer. Yeah. Because uh, I, I know certain people that took part in the like the recent virtual press day that they did for Lightyear, were also kind of surprised with what they showed in the trailer and showing that there's time travel involved within this this plot line. It kind of seems like if you mixed the Martian with uh, Interstellar, and I, and then and then through in Toy Story, <laughs> you get you get Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I liked how uh, the the kind of recontextualizing of uh, lines from in there because what made me laugh in the in the trailer is when uh, Buzz is he's like, "Come in, Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Why don't they answer?" And I was like, "Oh." I understood that reference, <laughs> which itself is a reference to Chris Evans. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, it all—it's pretty meta. <laughs> and this 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 movie is apparently um, a Marvel reunion as well, too, because I didn't realize Taika Waititi was doing a voice in there. Oh, he was doing a voice of one of the characters in yeah, that. Yeah, good point. And then they also recently uh, announced that Josh Brolin, uh, aka Thanos. Uh, is doing the voice of uh, Zerg in the movie. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you got Korg, you got Captain America, and you got Thanos. And you got, yeah, it's all it's all coming but together. Yeah, like I said a little bit earlier, it looks like like the late 70s, early 80s kind of sci-fi movie. It does. The animation looks beautiful yeah. on, it. on it. It's, it's going to be cool to see exactly like how the story all plays out. And like we said, we definitely want to see... Uh, the see an IMAX for sure. Yep. And and adding the the time travel in there that just made me even more excited oh, about me it as too. well. I'm I a, love time I'm travel. A big fan of time travel so much that yeah, I'm I can't wait. But moving from Lightyear to still uh, connected to Disney is there's so there's going to be coming a an mobile action RPG on June 23rd called Disney Mirrorverse. Which uh, the, this trailer just got put out, actually about a month ago, but I just saw it uh, the other day, so I thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about because it, it looked interesting. Uh, so the trailer features Sully from Monsters Inc., uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, uh, and Maleficent, and they're all kind of teaming up. Uh, it looks like they have like these power-ups where uh, uh, like uh, Sully is wearing almost what looks like the the mech suit from uh, Aliens. Yeah. But it's made out of like the screen canisters, so I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, and then Bell's uh, like uh, using ma- like this magic staff, and Maleficent joins the- in with them and is fighting on the side of good as well in there too. But it looks like this. It's from the trailer to it. It looks like this is almost like an alternate reality in this this universe where like all these characters are actually interacting yeah and like fighting against like this common foe for, for at least the story to this the mobile uh video game that's going to be coming out in june i just thought it was kind of a cool idea um and it says so it's disney Mirrorverse is a mobile action rpg featuring newly reimagined world under siege by a dark unrelenting threat 
To defend their new reality, Disney Guardians have evolved and adapted battle-ready abilities to defend the universe against destruction from fractured hordes that threaten to shatter the world with an unrelenting force. So this seems like this could be a like a pretty cool, you know, just like handheld. Yeah, I think game I think, on your phone to play. You know, RPG and Disney fans are probably gonna love it. Uh, what I've read, Marcus gonna have monthly updates. Yeah. Um, that includes character, chapter, and event quest editions, as well as other creative content. So anyway. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It seems like if you mixed like Disney Infinity with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that this this is what you get, and yeah, and, and then put it on a phone. Yeah, so I think people are gonna probably you know really dig it. Yeah, and then going into our our last trailer. I'll yeah, we've got this dragon. So, um, you know, DreamWorks has had this just again this really great relationship with Netflix. One thing I've wondered, Mark. This is a bit of a side note, but because DreamWorks now is all part of NBC Universal Comcast, however you know you want to refer to that conglomerate, right? If they're going to start creating more exclusive content for Peacock, you know, Peacock, but in the oh, meantime, right, right. this is coming to Netflix. But it's DreamWorks Dragons, uh, the Nine Realms. This is a season two. There's a trailer for it, and this Nine Realms. Is interesting. I, you know, I haven't watched any of these. I haven't watched any of season one, Mark. Have you watched any of season one? I haven't either. But what I this seems I like I learned about. With, like, I mean, I read about it, but yeah, like the Jurassic World show, uh, in that, uh, like it's basically like these eight episode seasons that they. That it seems like they produced like all the episodes at once, and then they just kind of segmented it into those. Yeah. Uh, like those, like the season. So like, oh, we made all five seasons at once. Here they are, and then cut them up into five seasons of eight episodes each. Yeah. So and then so like with this show too, it's it's set thirteen hundred yeah, years after years the events. They, uh, yeah, uh, after the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Yeah, and it says uh, when a geological anomaly opens up an immense miles deep fissure in the Earth's surface, scientists. From all over the world, gather at a new research facility to study the mysterious phenomenon. Soon, a group of misfit kids, misfit kids, to, yeah, the Goonies, uh, brought to the site by their parents, uncover the truth about dragons and where they've been hiding—a secret they must keep to themselves, protect what they've discovered. And what, what you know, what I'm uh, assuming here is that is that one of these kids is probably a descendant of Hiccup. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Is that there's got to be some kind of connection, you know, yeah. family connection. One of, the, one of the dragons looks like it's a, a, like a descendant of, like if Hiccup's, I mean, not Hiccup's, uh, but Toothless's uh, kids, too, because it looks kind of like that same Night Fury yes, dragon that, that mixed yep. with the white. Yeah. So I'm curious to see... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, like, honestly, if I'll check this out or not. Um, just because I, I liked the dragons movie so much, but I liked I liked Hiccup and Toothless in it. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I would would end up liking this or not. I would give it a chance, so I probably just maybe at least check out the first episode of the first season. But it's a, it's a interesting idea, definitely. Especially yeah. although what I was kind of joking about it was that I was like, "Hey kids, you, you remember the, those dragons movies that you liked? Well, here's a series where where all the characters like." Aren't there? Are, are, are super dead <laughs> and have been dead for for at least a millennium. Yeah. 
So and all those dragons, yeah, and all those dragons that you love, <laughs> they're not there. <laughs> yeah, they're all dead too, probably. <laughs> Unless they live for a really long time. But yeah, it's it kind of seems like a weird idea, but but then also maybe it's just so different, but they can keep keep kind of this dragon mythology going in a kind of a new, fresh way. Maybe that's maybe that's working. Um, again, yeah. I haven't seen any of the episodes, so I don't know. Yeah, but that's that's gonna do it for our trailers this week. So going from there, we're going to move on to our recommendations. And mine actually kind of segues nicely from talking about the dragons, the nine realms, uh, to a a YouTube series. uh, It's called Maturing with Your Audience. And so this episode, uh, I'll put a link into our show notes for, was um, about the How to Train Your Dragon series. And basically, I kind of like the same way that like, like different films... Uh, we've experienced lately like uh, whether it's like the the spider-man films or toy story with like the generation of of kids that grow up into young adults and then to adults with that series and how that series also uh like harry potter too uh, matures with the audience that's watching them so uh you can see and it talks a bit about this too like going from the first how to train your dragon film how uh, that one's, you know, definitely aimed more uh, for, like, a little bit lower ages, and there's more kind of, um, I guess, uh, more lowest common denominator, uh, low-hanging fruit kind of jokes in that film. And then, like, the second film gets a little bit darker, and and then the third film in the trilogy gets a little bit darker as well, too, and a little, a little bit deeper in its storytelling. Uh, so it's... I think it's a cool thing to check out. It's about just under 20 minutes long, uh, but it, it's a cool kind of video essay speaking about how like some of our, our favorite film series, in this case, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, grew up with the people that were watching it at the same time. Cool. Uh, and then uh, this one I'm not going to get into as much uh, other than just to suggest checking out Young Justice uh, Season 3 on uh, HBO Max now. I'll put a, a show note uh, link to this as well, but it's a crash course on season three in there. Our buddy uh, Jason Marsden is on the show as Impulse, uh, and there's it's definitely a, a great series, so I would highly suggest checking it out. Excellent. Well, uh, Mark, I just got back from uh, the Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival. And, uh, you know, Turner Classic Movie, uh, a.k.a. TCM, is, you know, a cable network that is dedicated to literally they just show old movies 24-7. And I'm sure many people think it's a total bore, but, you know, I love it. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite things. And they, they haven't done one for a couple of years because of COVID, but they, had, they actually had a film festival in California. They do it at the Chinese Theater in L.A. And... Uh, and then some other theaters, you know, that are just adjacent to it. And it's, you know, it's just four days of classic movie heaven if you're a person like me. But uh, be awesome. for animation, it was cool this year. They honored uh, the Disney animator Floyd Norman, uh, who was in attendance. And who you interviewed a, uh, years back. I was going to say, po- who you, ga- you, you gave me the coolest opportunity, Mark, to interview Floyd Norman, which was just amazing 
and I'm eternally grateful to you for it. Uh, uh, so thank you. Uh, and I was glad that he was getting honored at the film festival. He introduced a screening of of uh, Disney Animation's The Jungle Book, you know, the original nice. film from 1967. Oh man, that'd be and so cool to watch. Also, he had a, a, a just a, just an interview they did with him, and. And they put clips of it on YouTube. So I've got uh, in the in the in the notes is a link to this interview, which I think is really worth watching because really for anybody, but particularly for us animation fans. But he talks, you know, about life at Disney. But really, he talks about the importance of pursuing your dreams, and nice. that was meaningful. Uh, and. And uh, I just, I just love, I just loved what he had to say and how he has, you know, what he had, how he has to say it. So hi- highly recommended to check out this interview. It's about fifteen minutes of the clip that they've, that they've, that TCM has posted up on YouTube about it. So very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. He seems like a really cool guy from he, yes. both the interview that you did with him and then from the, the, the documentary. Oh, that uh, documentary a few years was ago. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. If someone hasn't checked that out, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's on Netflix still. I don't know if it um, is either. Where they put that. And I don't even know if you can still buy the Blu-ray from his website. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know about that either. But but if you if you can find it and actually, and find it the the correct way, I not, think it's right. Not, no, not the bootleg. Yeah, under nefarious means. Uh, I think it's gonna call something like Floyd Norman and Animated Life, something to that yeah. effect. Does that sound right? Yeah, I would I would highly recommend that. That's a that's a great film. Yeah, it's a really terrific Definitely film. Very interesting. He's a very interesting uh, person, and has lots of great stuff to say. Yeah. So from there, uh, that's going to do it for the first part of our show. We're going to segue into our uh, main topic, which is about DreamWorks Animation's The Bad Guys. Hey, you, get over here. Oh, I know what it is. You're afraid because I'm the big bad wolf. The villain of every story. Duh. And this is the crew. Miss Tarantula, Mr. Shark, Mr. Piranha, Mr. Snake. Everyone copy. Copy, copy, copy. Copy. We're the bad guys. It's crime time, baby. Shark. We need a distraction. Do I get to improvise? Fine, please be subtle. I'm having a baby! And... Now, this movie just came out this past Friday on April 22nd. Uh, now, the first thing, I, like, uh, here, I'll, I'll let you go first with, like, a, maybe, like, a brief, like, rundown of... Uh, sure. Just, like, your, your brief kind of, like, uh, elevator pitch. Elevator review. pitch. So, yeah. uh, in this in this movie, we've got anthropomorphic animals that live amongst the humans and in Los Angeles in Los Angeles. Yeah. And after a lifetime of legendary heists, uh, a group of criminals, AKA the bad guys, but we've got Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, Mr. Piranha, Mr. Shark, and Ms. Tarantula. They're finally caught. Uh, but to avoid a prison sentence, they're given the option to become model citizens, and if they can do that, they avoid going to prison after they got after they got busted for one of their crimes. Um, anyway, so 
they set out to fool the world to, to, to the, 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 they're, the they're turning uh, good. So, and I don't know if Mark if that if that does it justice or not. But yeah, I have a little help from my. MVP. I didn't even realize. No worries. I didn't even realize this. This was based on a series of books until recently. Yeah, too. I mean, I was just going to ask you about that because I just noticed that. And, and Chris, I just saw the movie today. This, you know, yeah. <laughs> this afternoon. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm late this afternoon. But and, and it's it's doing really well. It's got it's been yeah generally positive reviews. Yeah, it's, good reviews. Like it and the it was a hit over the weekend, right? It took the box out U.S. box office number one. Yeah, it's made about eighty-seven and a half million worldwide currently, uh, and so my brief review that I that I wrote on my my letterboxed was really fun. Animation was fantastic, unique and beautifully done. It was funny and well written. Uh, some stuff was predictable, but an overall enjoyable experience. Nice. Uh, and one of the things that I I really noticed for the animation style in this. I was like we said it is based on a book series but what I what I really liked was that so like the character models themselves uh, were CG animated but it seemed like the the details as far as like their eyes their eyes and their mouth the, all like hand painted the, yeah like, like the mouth like, like the drawn. yeah wrinkles like shadows in different places on the faces and stuff yeah it looks like that hand drawn now I don't know if it was but it, I liked that stylistic choice of the actual like model and body of the character was the CG, and then like the smaller details were like the hand drawn and mixed in to kind of to become like its own new work of art that way. I, I thought that was really well done and agree. it made it feel like the book. I loved the production design of this movie and the art direction. I just thought that's. What I enjoyed the most was just admiring this beautiful animation, and particularly as you're saying, with the with the character faces, with the animals. Yeah. Uh, wow, they look great. Um, so it's, it's such a such a break, at least in my mind, from DreamWorks films of the past. So, you know, Mark, I've been on some airplanes yeah. these last past few days, and I'm not kidding you. This one flight I was on, literally. And there were I, there were a lot of younger family, you know, some families on the flight, and you know, with, with young kids. And I swear, Mark, every TV in front of me, you know, there was the, the seat back of the plane. People were watching Boss Baby Family Business, and oh, um, so it was just like this nightmare for me. You know, <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> like because I think that's DreamWorks at its worst. Um, and I and, and I th- I think that the animation, I don't know, I. I wasn't a fan of the animation style and of course and I can't and I didn't see the film you know so in fairness I can't judge the film it looked absolutely horrible um, and I didn't want to see it but this is like the complete opposite you know I was so happy to see a new look from you know the the DreamWorks animation team was trying and I also felt that they really succeeded with the comedy in this one that in, yeah. you know, in a way, just as you, just as in your expertly written review, uh, says you know some of the stuff is kind of predictable, you know, but it's still fun, you know, and funny, yeah. and the characters are good, and the script is good, and it was just it was so refreshing. Again, I didn't see Boss Baby Family Business, <laughs> um, but but it sure looks like this. Just again, even just from pure aesthetics, 
that DreamWorks is going in a cool direction. For sure. Uh, and yeah, I remember when I first like heard of this film, The Bad Guys. That was like, the first thing that stood out to me was the visual animation yep, style. Me that too. They when went I saw with it, yeah. it, I was like, "Oh, cool! I want to see that." And I don't think I even originally knew that it was a DreamWorks movie because of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you wouldn't think it was until yeah. It's it reminds me a lot of uh, what uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines looked like for its animation style. I totally agree. Which is which is definitely a compliment and. The other thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was the the voice cast that they did for us. So they had oh, Sam Rockwell. It's such a good as, voice cast. <laughs> yeah, as Mr. Wolf. And I like one of the things that they used to describe him um, as a great dancer. So I remember I was watching the movie and Sam Rockwell is uh, like one of the things he's known for is like just being a, a really good dancer. So when you see Mr. Wolf start dancing at one point in the movie, this isn't like too much of a spoiler alert. We'll get to some spoilers, but we'll give an alert before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, come on, have him dance like Sam Rockwell. And then <laughs> he, they, they have him do, if you've seen if you've seen him host SNL or uh, if you've seen Iron Man 2. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. He, he does this. Yeah, he does that Sam Rockwell dance yeah. as Mr. Wolf in the movie. So <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Was so funny. I loved it. Uh, and then we had uh, uh, Mark Moran, uh, another Mark who spells his name correctly, uh, Mark yes. Uh And then he reminded me, like, his character is looks a lot... He must be the same kind of uh, snake that Ka is in Jurassic... Yeah. Or, it's I like was going to say Jurassic Park. Jungle Book. A jungle Book. <laughs> Ka, or yeah. even... It kind of reminded me, too, of Sir Hiss from Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and then he's wearing, like... Uh, Johnny Depp's costume from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yes! <laughs> Which is, so I thought, I thought, dude, is so funny, you know? Yeah. And Sam Rockwell is basically Danny Ocean. Yes. And they even make a reference to, he's like, you got to give him the, the full the full George Clooney, or the full Clooney at one point yep. in there, too. Yeah. Um, and then we had Aquafina, who's been making her, her way through animated films recently, you between know, Ryan and the Raya. Last Dragon, and then, what was the other one that she um, she, she, she has yeah, else too. that one. What was the other one? Wow. Well, she was in what? What other animated film? Was she in? I can look it up. Yeah, you look it up while I'm talking. Okay. So yeah, she she was great in this as as Miss Tarantula. Uh, he was like a a web hacker. So it's funny what they did there with her. Uh, and I thought that she was really great in it again. Um, and she's just been breaking out recently too between uh, her film The The Farewell and Crazy Rich Asians in the she past was few in years. SpongeBob, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. No. Is that what you're thinking of or not? No. Um, the Dark Crystal. Although it does make sense that she's in a movie about water. Angry Birds movie too. Oh man, it was it was I think it was it like just came out recently. Hold on, I need to I need to find this otherwise it's gonna bother me. Aquafina. Oh, and actually, she was in Ocean City, too, so it's kind of funny that. Yeah. Uh, not Shang-Chi, Raya, The Last Dragon. Much... What was it that she was in? She was. I know she was in another animated movie recently. Oh, that bugs me. Was she not in another animated movie? I'm uh, maybe her, maybe I'm it was just Raya. It might have been just Raya and and uh, 
SpongeBob. Of course, she was had a big role in Shang Chi, but that's not you know. Oh yeah. Animated. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you heard my my water joke there. There's like the image sense that she was in a movie with water. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and then uh, Craig Robinson was uh, Mr. Shark, uh, which. I liked Craig Robinson a lot in this oh, as well too. He's I don't so know good. if he, we talked about it a few episodes ago, but uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of King Shark from the the Harley Quinn animated series. It's not exactly the same, but just because it's like an anthropomorphic shark walking on its feet, fins, feet. Uh, but he was funny in this too. And then what? The same way that uh, Sam Rockwell, you know, is a good dancer. We had Anthony Ramos as Mr. Piranha. Uh, I mean, you definitely recognize him if yeah. you've seen In the Heights, In the Heights. or Hamilton. Yeah. So that's that's why Mr. Piranha had to be a great singer in this because they had, they had to find a way to have him singing it. And he so this is where the fart joke comes in too. Is that whenever he gets nervous, he farts. And so, like, this plays, this, it plays like an, it actually plays like an integral role to, like, different things through the movie, too. So, like, like I said, when you do a fart joke in, like, a, a smart way, which is possible to do, then it actually works yeah. well. So, it, and it played on making, like, tension in the story to different parts of it. So, I thought that was done well. And it wasn't just played as, like, a laugh to be like, ha, ha, he, right. he, he farted. But... I, I I enjoyed this entire cast together in this movie, and I thought that was great. And then, I don't know if if you ever watched the IT crowd, but uh, Richard Ayad uh, is Professor Rupert Marmalade the Fourth in this. Yes, uh, the guinea which, pig. He's so funny. Yeah, he's he's done some voice work in uh, Leica films and like a yes. few. Uh, a few other films here and there where he's done animated voices because he just has such a distinct voice. Such a good voice. Uh, and I would highly recommend, uh, he has a series called Travel Man. Uh, if you're like a fan of like traveling and just want to see it from like a different kind of like comedic uh, point of view, or definitely, I don't know if it's widely available in the U.S., but you can, I think you can find some like full episodes on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a British TV show and like he'll have guests on there from time to time. Like Paul Rudd did like a whole episode with him. And I, I think he's had Mark Moran on there at one point, too. So I would definitely suggest that, especially if you're just a fan of Richard Ayad, um, and, you, and you've already watched the IT crowd. He's also directed a few good, uh, great movies as well, too. And then the the other two voices that I wanted to point out is uh, Zazie Beetz is, is fantastic. Oh, as, she's, uh, so, she's so good in this role. As Diane Foxington. Uh, you might remember her as uh, Domino. Uh, from Deadpool two, yeah, um, among other movies, she was also in Joker, but she she's like barely. In Is she that even movie. in? Is that much? Yeah. I don't know. I don't even remember if she talks. <laughs> so she must have shot that before she did Deadpool two. Yeah, but and then uh, Alex Borstein as Misty Luggins, the uh, hot toppered, hot tempered, human chief of police. So like with like that stuff in the movie. There was like this really over-the-top animation style too for like really exaggerated stuff that was yeah like the police um, you know the character that Alex Bornstein voices really reminded me a lot of um, 
almost like anime, you know, the, the way that uh, oh, yeah. way that her. In fact, a lot of the humans kind of had something that could have been easily pulled from. I think from an anime. Um, yeah, yeah, like uh, the butler for uh, um, for uh, Richard Iyad's uh, Professor Rupert Marmalade. Yes, he's like, but like that was he creeped me out. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, the, like the the beady eyes. Yeah, he almost looked. He reminded me of uh, like what you'd see. Like other mother from from uh, <laughs> from Coraline, Coraline. <laughs> or like something from like the that the button. Yes. Oh yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah. Universe. Absolutely. He creeped me the heck out. Oh no! He, yeah, he looks like the, uh, the like the circus dude from Coraline. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I couldn't look at him for too long. He's just creepy. But. Uh, yeah, I, I just really, I thought the story was well done, like I said. Like, some of the stuff that I could see coming a little bit of ways. And, like, so, okay, so here's the, the, the spoiler. So, if you don't want to hear this, uh, you can pause the podcast here and come back to, like, the last ten minutes or so of the, the podcast after you watch the movie. But, so, anyways, so after... Richard Iyad's uh, Professor Rupert Marmalade uh, agrees to do or basically rehabilitate them into the good guys. I was like, okay, so this is good. And then when he has like that little kind of like side talk with Mr. Wolf, I was like, okay, so he's kind of gonna, he, he's the bad guy. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just, you just know, okay, he's he's gonna be the bad guy. Yeah. Like some of the stuff I didn't, I didn't see, like I didn't realize that he was, he was the, like the old lady uh, with the purse until so like they do some really cool like oceans 11 kind of like this is the heist yeah uh and then they show it to you as they're speaking about it or then they do like these flashbacks be like oh this is this is what actually happened during that scene uh, so i thought that was really well done but yeah the, there's some stuff like that that i that i thought was predictable but like since, since it was so well written i was I forgave that stuff really easily. Yeah. I, yeah. I would suggest this to anybody to check out. So, like, if you liked the Ocean's films, uh, if you like... Uh, I don't know. If you... So, like, yeah, if you mixed, like, Ocean's Eleven, uh, Mitchell's versus Machines with, like, Shrek, uh, and put them all in this world, I would, I would say to definitely check this out and i thought it was interesting like the whole plot element was that like a meteorite had hit los angeles because like they they show like that establishing shot like early in the movie and you're like whoa that's weird there's like this huge crater in the in los angeles, in los angeles. and then they don't like tell you what that is until like another you don't learn about it until later and way yeah, later like, into the movie like 30 or 40 minutes into the yeah movie, yeah definitely only, the act like, too yeah so i thought that's kind of cool they just kind of like leave that like dangling plot there so I thought that was really interesting. Oh yeah, so yeah, so one of the other people said the f- the film was described as having a similar twist on the heist genre that Shrek did on fairy tales and what Kung Fu Panda did for the Kung Fu genre. Yeah, so yeah, I would I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's definitely uh, good stuff from DreamWorks, and I'm just hoping that that uh, that good stuff is ahead. You know, they showed a trailer for Puss in Boots. You know, the next Puss in Boots movie. And that also has got some really interesting animation going on yeah. with that. I think we've talked and, about it. And they, so I actually saw that they said inspiration for the design of the film came from Sony Pictures Animation Spider-Man yeah. and Spider-Verse. Yeah, 
which opened an opportunity for DreamWorks to pitch something that was more illustrative and stylized than their other films. Uh, character designs were inspired by the book series, but also took inspiration from uh, Herge, uh, who you, people may recognize, and some other names that I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I would butcher the heck out of them. Uh, <laughs> and a mix of styles from directors like Luke uh, uh, Besson, Guy Ritchie, Steven Soderbergh, and Quentin Tarantino. And it says the the film's opening diner scene is, yes, I was gonna say that, uh, inspired by a similar opening scene from Pulp Fiction. Because when when they yes. leave the diner, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is freaking Pulp Fiction right here. So yep. I thought that was, and it's the longest one shot in DreamWorks animation history as well. It lasts. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, no, that makes frame. sense, and it's so it's really cool. Again, yeah, I, so I, was... I I I really enjoyed this movie, and uh, right now, uh, with uh, Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse no longer coming out this year I would say that this and Turning Red are my two favorite animated films of the year oh so nice far. yeah I I was so pleasantly I mean I was hoping it was going to be good and, and I wasn't disappointed I thought they did I thought this was a, a solid movie and again I'm just hoping better stuff from DreamWorks I just sorry to rag on DreamWorks for a little bit more but um, the uh you know, when I was, when everybody around me was on the airplane was watching Boss Baby. And then, uh, I didn't see any of those Trolls movies either. I know that, I know that I think, again, not the target audience. So, and, um, I wasn't. I know a, that those might not look good, but those I were, loved both those. I loved both of the Trolls movies, and I did not think I was going to. I, I really enjoyed them. Oh, those good. Movies. No, I'm glad to hear that because I didn't see any, I didn't see either of them because I was like, oh, no, thank you. But did, did you like Pitch Perfect? I thought Pitch Perfect was fun. Yeah, the original one was was, okay. was fun. Watch Trolls then. Oh, okay, it's, it's well because it's Anna Kendrick. Pitch Perfect because it even has Anna Kendrick. She is Anna Kendrick so, and, and Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah it's great. So well, that's good to hear. Yes, I would Stanford. I recommend checking out at least the first Trolls movie. Okay, I'm not going to commit to anything, but, Mark. But I but <laughs> I should report back to you if I. No <laughs> we should. I, I think you'll like it. Okay. Uh, but I think, did you have any like closing remarks you wanted to say on the? No, it was just more. Again, I was just so impressed with with the look of this movie. Kudos to DreamWorks for doing something different, and it looked it looked great, and it was a lot of fun. Agreed. Uh, I would agree with that, and I've, again, my letterbox reviewed. Uh, but yeah, so that's gonna do it for our our review of DreamWorks: The Bad Guys. Uh, don't forget you guys can leave us a review on uh, Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Those those two, I believe, are the only two that let you leave reviews nowadays. Uh, but if, you, if you're not subscribed already, too, hit the subscribe button. Um, and you don't forget you can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at my first and last name, Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-R-T. And you can follow Stanford at his first and last name, Stanford Clark. Uh, and then you can also find the show on Twitter there at Animated Podcast. Uh, you can find the show on Facebook at Animation Fascination, as well as on Instagram at Animation Fascination. You can also feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Our, um, I'm going to end up redirecting our animationfascination.net uh, site probably to our anchor.fm account but right now you can see like all of our backlogged 
uh, content. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'll just keep that up. You can watch, you can see all of our backlogged content up at our website there. And then uh, you can't see it because this is a audio medium and not a visual medium. But we now also have uh, Animation Fascination shirts that you can pick up if you want. I got one on right now. Stanford's got one in the mail coming to us. Yeah, so it's going to be your, this week. I'm, st I'm stoked. Our buddy uh, Darren Butters over at uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios got his in the mail the other day. Uh, Jason Marsden, who we've had on, got his in the mail the other day. Uh, and then our, our buddy Eric over at uh, Pixar's also got one coming to him as well, too. So you, you can join all, all these cool people that have these shirts. Uh, even uh, Hal even has a shirt coming to him as well from uh, Industrial Light and Magic. So all these past guests are are representing the yeah. animation fascination brand. So it's exciting. And I also I also bought myself some magnets and uh, stickers too. Yeah, I've got some I've got some stickers uh, yeah. on the way too. You can, you can plaster them all over the place. Uh, but for myself, I'm Mark Fibbert, and for Stanford Clark. Uh, thank you all for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.